0: your bitch tonight no, not. what's good what's wrong I want you to touch my dong my girl is gone she left me all alone I got a little pup I'ma show her my big bone we working we driving. we licking on them things this little pup she's so cute she won't suck my dang I wanna show her what's good but she don't wanna talk that's just fine with me cause I don't need her to walk away From me, because I'm so sad. (laughs) Please, God, don't leave me. It'll make me feel real bad. (laughs) I wish I could speak to her like a friend. But at the end of the day, I just want to get it in. What's good? What's up?
1: You good? You done?
0: I'm gonna fuck your butt. What's real? What's bad? I had sex with your dad. Alright, that's it.
1: That's it? You had sex with me. I, I like that song because it's about real things. Yeah, yeah, I've been
0: there.
1: Yep. This dog's really biting my fingers. <laughs> good. You probably deserve it. What? At least, you know, if this completely fails, you have a full rap career ahead of you. Truth. Yeah. My co-decahedron. Run on up, bitches, I'm skeeting. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Motel Hell. I'm Ben the Beardo, the bad dad. And I'm
0: Dick the Fetty, not a dad.
1: You're a pup dad. Yeah. I'm a bad pup dad. Yeah, that's true. You let your dog lick your genitals.
0: (laughs) No. Only for a second. Then I say, no, no, no. (laughs) You'll never get this. It's not
1: like you're looking for it, but it does kind of happen. Yeah, she
0: does it all the time. She sees him, she will come running.
1: That's true. I mean, most people do when your genitals are exposed. True. So, what are we covering tonight, Dick Fetty? We are covering uh, Urban Legends slash the
0: Deep Web slash the Deep Web of the Urban Legends or the Deep Urban Legend Web. So, so
1: so, this is what happened. I thought I had communicated correctly to my co-host that instead of just doing Urban Legends Part 2, we would do a specified Urban Legends, and it didn't quite happen that way, albeit... Well, because
0: you didn't communicate in bones and smoke signals, which is the only kind of communication I now respond
1: to, because I am full Luddite. I don't do cell phones. I did send you a bunch of eggplant emojis. That's true. So, mostly your fault. Yeah. So... One of my things is going to be from the dark web. One of them, not really. I just want to do it because it's a really fun story.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, so we're doing a mixture of urban legends. I'm doing what I've always wanted to do, which is drugs.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm going to do a dark web one, and one I just think is a lot of fun.
0: And at the end of the day, we will be covering the dark web and all of its mysteries and uh, misgivings uh, in the near future. So Possibly. Possibly. Be ready for that <laughs> at some point. But before that, we're going to do our
1: movie review.
0: So tonight we watched the 1974 film called Devil Times Five, a.k.a. The Horrible House on the Hill, a.k.a. People Toys. And it was bananas.
1: It was fun. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. So this was a recent purchase I got from a noise guy. So thank you for that. If you're listening, you know who you are but we just kind of went into it blind it's it's a it's a killer kids movie and there's not a lot of them and it was not the greatest film i've ever seen by a long shot but it was pretty thoroughly entertaining the interesting 15 minute intro credit scene was bizarre and needlessly lengthy they had like long stories pauses between when the credits would happen yeah. <laughs> and then they'd pick back up again
1: you'd think they were over and then they'd start again yeah
0: it was really bizarre and then on top of that you got unnecessary slow-mo shots
1: you got the f- really just well yeah okay so you can we can we just dive right into the the point oh, yeah. real quick yeah, yeah, yeah so there is a boyfriend and girlfriend they're meeting the girlfriend's father who, I guess, runs business, psychiatric hospitals? Yeah, business tycoon of some sort. For doctors, I think, though, because they're all doctors. Yeah. So, the boyfriend's a doctor, the father runs mm. hospitals, I believe, psychiatric hospitals, I believe they mentioned specifically. Yeah, they do. Uh, there's another doctor, his wife, and then the gentleman who runs the hospitals and his very young wife with big old boobers. Yeah. It's like
0: a 10 little Indians clue kind of a setup, it seems like, almost at first. Yeah. And then it quickly... Then you get introduced to a very bizarre, sped-up film crash sequence. So they they all go up to this house in the mountains in the wintertime, and there's a caretaker for the house who's like a simple guy.
1: And then there's one other caretaker who's not a simple guy, but barely gets any screen time.
0: Yeah, I don't even remember him. I was like, I think too busy eating wings but so they go up to this house and at the same time nearby a bus crashes that's transporting kids from a psychiatric hospital in which they were permanently interred and the kids escape and the driver dies and they wind up showing up at the house and there's all this like you get a lot of what's going on as far as the plot between the characters at the house which essentially all amounts to nothing because spoiler alert Everybody dies, except for the kids.
1: Yeah, which is actually... I was actually quite surprised. Yeah. Albeit, I really did like the character development for a lot of the characters. I liked the characters in this movie. I didn't want them to die. Yeah, they
0: were pretty relatable and well-written. Like, they were essentially a series of tropes, but, like, most people are essentially tropes, so... or, you know, caricatures. Yeah, that. yeah. So the main dude is just this somewhat womanizing drinker who's just he's he's slept with big old babs, but he's dating the boss's daughter now and you know and uh and you got the the sort of yellow-bellied older jewish guy and his drunken jewish wife who like constantly harangues him but then at the end of the day he stands up to his boss and then gets shortly thereafter murdered by a child (laughs) and uh the woman, the wife, she, she gets doused in kerosene or gasoline or whatever Something it is. flammable. Yeah, they light her on fire, so you get a man on fire sequence, but it's a woman on fire, but it's probably a dude in a woman's suit. But like still, man on fire is always a huge like two stars for me automatically.
1: Well let's let's, let's talk about the first kill, right? Now, oh right. I'm actually not sure thinking about it now if he was the other caretaker or if he was or if there even was another caretaker, or if he was the dude with a bruise on his forehead that was chasing That's what him? I was saying. That, I'm not that, sure. No,
0: that's who it was. Okay. That, that was with the misunderstanding. So, there was no other caretaker. There was just a caretaker for the children who I guess did live through the, the bus crash Who is trying to track them down so they don't get away and they brutally murder him in the most protracted, boring murder scene I've ever seen. There's
1: no blood. It's on sepia tone. It goes on for like three minutes. No, it's it, like five. It's it, a full five. Yeah, it's so drawn out and unnecessary and in sepia tone which is very a very strange choice yeah and it just goes on and on and on and almost and pulls you out action. of the movie yeah but then the characters kind of save it yeah and then they get to the next kill which they killed the uh, simple-minded caretaker who i loved and was very upset that they killed him right off the bat but he's killed in a very cool trap esque way.
0: Yeah, there's this whole mouse trap kind of kills that happen, like half the kills are these and there's a woman who gets eaten sort of by piranhas. And, and drowned sa- and drowned, the big old Baps lady. Basically every kill after the first one is really solid. And the kids are all weird and like pretty good actors for doing their parts. Like the one kid's just gay, there's this this other kid who thinks he's like in the army, there's a pyro chick, there's just a really young girl. And then there is the um, kid who pretends to be a nun. Who I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl for the whole film. I think but it's a
1: girl, but it's funny because if you watch, she switches from the nun garb into like a red blanket that she wears when yeah. she's about to kill. Yeah,
0: she reminded me essentially of like what I imagine uh, Andy Warhol to be like as a person in real life when he was still alive. Yeah, and she's fucking fantastic. She she definitely had like to me a transsexual vibe that. Not to be, like, totally weird, but she was also the oldest of the kids by far. Like, definitely, it was in, it was interesting. It was, uh, yeah.
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's a fun movie. Uh, it's not, like, too serious of a horror movie. No, not at all. It's, what year did it come out?
0: 74.
1: 74, so, you know, it's right in that sweet spot, like, right before the 80s hit and became, like, real violent, but, yeah. like, I don't know, it...
0: It still was very violent. Yeah. It just also, the tone of it was so bizarre and the way it ends is super bizarre. And it ends with this constant like freezing of the camera, but like with some dialogue continuing that is inexplicable. And then they just like don't get caught and go on to the next murder house. Yeah,
1: and the last thing you see is the beginning instead of the end, which leads me to believe they planned on making more. Did they? I don't know. Well, they probably didn't. Yeah. But it's definitely worth a check out, especially in the climate we are within the like the last couple years, last few years of how he... killer kid movies are.
0: Yeah, this is not that.
1: Like, my apex, my
0: Children of the Corn.
1: Yeah, it's Children of the Corn. That movie is awesome. I love that fucking movie. Perfect child-killing movie. A little bit of supernatural elements. But then you get movies like, I know the Prodigy came out recently, and The Orphan. The orphan and we have to talk about so and so, or the fuck that one was called. I I don't I don't really care too much for like the parents dealing with their child might be a murderer. That's not Stupid. that fun to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this was kids who, like, would rig up crazy traps. Like, the one kid was in a swing with a scythe underneath of it who, like, swung down scythe from dick. the ceiling and, like, struck a dude in the chest. Yeah,
1: it was great. Yeah.
0: They stole all the guns, they stole the knives, they rigged up a bunch of murder traps. The guy at the end gets, like, caught in literally three bear traps, one on each arm and one on a leg, and then has his throat slit like a pig.
1: And the only thing I could think about, I can't remember the actor's name who it made me think of, but the guy who played Papa Doc and his character... Very much reminded me of the character in *Crimson Peak*, the father. Okay. Um, who plays Bobby in *Supernatural*? And you guys watch *Supernatural*? But it's a very like I, I was like, is is this just what Gamma D'Antonio based *Crimson Peak* off of, or what's yeah. going on? But um, yeah, it was
0: it was fun, and we definitely no no bearing on tonight's topic, but just was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's probably killer kids, urban legend, but.
1: But kids do kill.
0: Yeah, that's true. So yeah, definitely check it out. I would, I would give it. I mean, realistically, it's like giving it a seven seems pretty strong. But from an enjoyment factor, definitely... like definite I definitely seven rewatch it. seven point five. From a good film, it's more of like a six. Like there's not. There was some style to it. The dialogue was pretty decent. The characters were good, but... Some
1: of the cinematography was shit, though. Yes, and then there
0: was, like, weird, inexplicable shit that was, like, budget-oriented constraints, I think. But as far as the amount of movies that involve kids killing adults that never get their comeuppance, there's not many of them, and this one really hit the mark.
1: It also feels very rare to have a movie where everybody dies. Yeah. And nobody gets in trouble for it. So... Yeah, I'd say I'd give it like a 6.5 or 7. Cool. So, Dick Fetty is going to start us off tonight.
0: That is correct. I want to very briefly cover two urban legends that are most dear and dear to my heart. The first being the spider bite, which is the classic urban legend which goes back some 150 years, minimally, about the generally girl who somehow cuts her tongue, her cheek, or something else, and gets this dot, essentially, that then grows, and she tells her mother, and her mother says, don't worry, it's probably just a pimple, or it's a boil, or whatever. Or bees. Yeah, and as it grows, she says, mom, I'm real concerned, and the mom says, okay, well, tomorrow we'll take you to the doctor. And before they can get to the doctor, the boil opens up, and thousands of baby spiders come out. And this was in the book, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark.
1: It's also going to be
0: in the movie. And it was illustrated in a fashion that was terrifying and left a lasting
1: mark on me. Yeah, and we probably, I've kind of got some plans to do a whole thing on that book specifically. Okay. Uh, Just because the whole backstory of it is very interesting. But that is like one of the images from that book that is like stuck in my mind because she kind of, the drawing in it actually kind of looks like a girl I dated years ago. You know, when things weren't so great. Um, I was doing a lot of heroin. Mm. Big age. Yeah, I just very vividly remember that story and that picture because I also like spiders. Mm.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting because they talk... So essentially, part of why that myth persists and remains terrifying is that people in urban environments encounter spiders with less frequency than other people, and as a result, spiders generally have become boogeyman of sorts and in my house they're okay i let all spiders run free even the one that bit me when we were recording maybe the last time <laughs> and i had this horrible spider bite that i swore was some kind of sex rash but it was just definitely a spider yeah you're bite. real
1: freaked out by it i yeah. was pretty sure you're gonna grab a knife from my kitchen and start digging it out of your flesh yeah i thought about
0: it so but yeah spiders are okay and they won't lay eggs inside your mouth that'll burst later that can happen with maggots and some other kinds of bugs But I cover that in depth in the latest Concrete Mascara releases, so peep that
1: if you want to know more. Fun fact, uh, side urban legend, real quick, the whole like you eat eight spiders over your lifetime thing, totally not true. Why would a spider jump into your mouth? Yeah. Seems like a bad place to go. Also, how the fuck would they track that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, true. Not true. Uh, so yeah. (laughs) the second urban legend i want to cover very briefly is the alligator in the sewer Uh and that myth it basically comes from an old book from the 1850s about new york about the sewer system in new york or i apologize it's i think it's the 1950s and essentially somebody the guy who wrote the book interviewed people who claimed that they found a gator in the sewers no i think it was the 1850s but The reality was that somebody said that and then the people that work on the sewers in New York were just like, okay, we have to watch whoever is on topside sewer duty because they're somehow sneaking bottles of whiskey down to the people. (laughs) And there's definitely no sewer gators. It is a legend that persists, in part because there is a slight amount of truth because in areas where... So in France, there was a Nile crocodile that came all the way up to France and wound up in the sewer canals of oh, really? paris yeah and is now in an aquarium in paris like in a like a zoo
1: oh they aquarium. saved it yeah that's fun yeah
0: and then there uh in florida are many cases of gators caimans and the rest getting into uh storm drains and sewer pipes especially during the cold season because it's warmer there and they can eat yeah. rats and they're stuff. everywhere down there yeah so that's not really a thing. But the, the the urban legend is that basically people used to buy gators from Louisiana and Florida and then bring them back to places like ugh, New York. And then when the gators got too big, they would flush them down the toilet. And then ideally, or as a legend goes, the gators would eat sewer stuff and grow to become huge, monster sewer gators. Huge. And there was... The persistent part of the legend is that often, because of their lack of sunlight, they become albino, which doesn't make any sense, or they go blind, which kind of makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, there is no recorded instance of any albino blind
1: gators getting anybody, though. I just want to know what kind of plumbing New York has. Well, Because most... if you can f- actually flush fucking any size crocodile, really, because, like, I mean, I've seen little itty bitty baby ones, but even like adolescent ones, like that's going to clog your pipes. And I take big shits. Yeah. So I would love Well, to have you a think of, like a that.
0: baby gator is about the size of like a serious log. So. Yeah. Because you think of, like size of a baby's arm.
1: Yeah, and but it, also that. But it's solid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I think gators are, because they're less solid, they could. Their, their width is probably less. And I mean, poo poo does break down, but I don't know. I think. I think there's a certain level of suspension of disbelief at work
1: here. No, they just have really good toilets in New York.
0: I guess so. But as far as the larger sewer systems go, it is it is actually, you know, most sewer systems for older cities are like these huge underground networks of shit tunnels. Yeah, that most of the time people don't see half the time. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, that's the idea. So, so yeah, so I wanted to cover those because they're classic. Also, there's a movie called Crocodile or Alligator, it's one of the two. Alligator from 1980. About that very same kid gets a little baby crocodile on vacation, brings it home. Mom throws it in the toilet. It becomes mutated and starts
1: killing people. That's awesome. It it, I watched it a bunch of times as a kid because my mom was like, "I don't have any problems with gators." So well, the New York like sewer system, or I mean, really city sewer systems. But I feel like I see it a lot in New York, but also because New York's a very photogenic city. Let's say sure, and has been used in a lot of movies. But we've got Chud, a bunch of other movies that involve the sewers. I think in Mimic, they they get into the... Like, the creature gets in the sewers? Old subway systems. Subway systems? Yeah.
0: Which is also a real thing. I mean, there's a ton of... There's documentaries and movies and books and photographers who spend their whole life documenting disrepaired or forgotten or abandoned or whatever. Uh, Subway systems in New York, which are very real. And in the 80s and 90s, there's a... I think... What is it called? Under the something... I want to say, like, DJ Shadow did the soundtrack to a film that was about the homeless population that live under the George Washington Bridge and in the subways near there and other stuff like that. But that's, like, a very real thing. So it basically plays on that
1: idea. But So one day, the army of homeless people with their mounted alligators will rise up and take us all. Accurate.
0: So, uh those are the normal urban legends i wanted to cover i talked a little bit about in our first episode of this which was like episode three or four we covered polybius we covered uh slender man and i covered stranger in the back seat oh don't answer the phone yeah yeah so i did do i think i talked about the smurf slash gnome drug urban legend and you talked a little bit about the orange juice one which i'll tap into again yes but uh, I want to cover drugs tonight primarily, and who doesn't? And yeah. Am I right, my friend? Yeah. So this list is a compilation. So it's it's I basically pulled from Arrowhead and Wikipedia, and Jesus Christ, Arrowhead. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's no there's like, th- I mean most of these urban legends have been around since I've been doing drugs, and a lot of them even before that. So there's no. I mean, there's just like, it's all the same shit rehashed all over the internet. I tried to do like a deep dive into some other stuff, but aside from the ones like I know, there's not really, and they, these are basically all covered. So the first one I want to talk about, I'm going to go through basically drugs and the related urban legends as they're essentially listed out in Wikipedia, but I'll cover a couple of quick ones first. The first one being that cocaine is cut with baby laxatives. I do not believe that to be true. There, this was not listed in any of the lists, but like everybody talks about all sorts of different stuff. Cocaine could be cut with like lidocaine, baby laxatives, nail polish. Like I've heard every which way. I used to do a lot of cocaine, so you hear a lot of what? ideas about it. Yeah, and the idea that they would cut it with like it was like oh well the reason you have to shit is because the baby laxative. It's like no, you have to shit because it's an extremely powerful stimulant. Yeah, and <laughs> like that's what it does. Like I used to, I would. St- like smell cocaine but like not have it in my nose yet like literally open <laughs> the bag and my my body would be like we are evacuating bowels now because you're like you don't want anything inside you once the cocaine is all
1: you want is more cocaine inside of you
0: correct so um so that's total bullshit as far as i know and a lot of these things become partially true because the legends persist for so long that people start to then do the things
1: self fulfilling prophecy
0: A little bit, not exactly, more of just like stupid people believing stupid shit and then being like, okay, I guess that's how you do drugs, and then they do a stupid thing.
1: I can only imagine actually getting cocaine cut with baby laxatives and legitimately shitting your brains out.
0: (laughs) The the next one I want to cover is also a Coke one, which is the idea that, I mean, I think most people know this, but I do kind of want to clear it up, that Coca-Cola used to contain cocaine, Uh and the answer is that, That is kind of true. It was a very small amount of cocaine, uh, and they do take their name from it containing that, but within five years of the drink being invented, they had essentially nearly eradicated... And it it wasn't like pure cocaine that they just put into the uh, Coca-Cola syrup. It was extract of coca leaves. Yeah. there was ideas that cocaine was medicinally valuable at that time, which it was, and still is.
1: There was ideas that Coca Cola was medicinal, medicinally valuable.
0: That was that was originally how it was sold, right? And so, as part of that, they had cola nuts and coca leaf extract, and within by 1902, it was like one four hundredth of like a serving per syrup amount so You know there was
1: like one person who bought up a bunch of Coca Cola was like, I can cook the cocaine out of this, I swear. I know. If you're really
0: motivated you can try lots of things. I always think of the scene in the Skinner Darkly where they like just spray a bunch of lidocaine, spray into a balloon and then he like throws it into the freezer and then throws some iced tea on (laughs) it and it's just like, Yeah, if we just wait a couple hours we can extract a whole gram of Coke. I wish. But I watched that scene closely to find out if there was any truth. That's also an urban legend. Not true. Not really an urban legend. More like the thing from the book. But anyway. So I'll just do a couple more out of order. This I got from Palm Partners, which is a rehab facility. Oh. And it's five... Palm Partners? Palm, yeah.
1: Like Like, palm trees. Oh, I thought like palm, like the palm of your hand. Like, we'll get you sober and give you a hand job. Yeah, that'd be nice. No, so this is five drug
0: myths that are true. So, the first one is PCP will turn you into a flesh-eating zombie. And they talk about, specifically, Antron Singleton, a.k.a. Big Lurch, who in 2002, after an alleged week-long PCP binge, killed his roommate, uh, tearing apart her body, ripping her limbs from her torso, and covering the entirety of her extremities and body in bite marks, and was found covered in blood howling at the moon in L.A., walking the streets. And... There was a civil suit that followed uh, because his mother said essentially his labels got him addicted to drugs in order to cultivate his street tough persona and that they should be held civilly liable. And they were, right? Uh, I don't know. Oh. So I was making a joke, I,
1: assuming that they weren't.
0: I know that Death Row Records was named as part of it, but they had nothing to do with him. They he didn't was on really Death s- Row. He wasn't on Death oh, Row. Okay. So they eventually got dropped from the lawsuit. My guess is they probably settled out of court. But there's that's there's probably some validity to that. But there's also Free Will involved, and I feel like the court would be less sympathetic to young black men addicted to PCP. But what do I know? Yeah, but
1: I feel like PCP doesn't give you street cred.
0: It does in some communities, and it's especially popular in the Puerto Rican community for huh. whatever reason. So, so yes, PCP has turned some people into flesh eaters, but not really. They did find his stomach to be full of human flesh, too. Huh. But, like, I mean, PCP has probably the most brutal history of myths that have some truth to them because it's an extremely powerful disassociative hallucinogen yes, that will fuck up your shit. Yeah. So, and I guess to piggyback off of that, so the other most popular myth about PCP is that it is embalming fluid because it used to have the slang name of embalming fluid. And this is one of those where over time people thought that was true. So they started mixing formaldehyde, which is an incredibly toxic chemical. With weed and... With, well, with PCP. And then eventually people just started smoking, like they just thought wet was... Straight formaldehyde and it's not it's not supposed to be any amount of formaldehyde it should just be liquid pcp but they were like oh well angel dust is pcp from wet is just formaldehyde and there's this whole schism and part of the reason i never did pcp aside from the amount of urban legends involving people eating people and murdering people and cutting their faces off and shit like that is that uh you don't have any idea more than most like literally somebody could be selling me formaldehyde i'm not smoking that I mean, I might if I was really hammered, but yeah, I didn't, I mean, the one time I really had an option.
1: So... Quick story. The only time I've ever smoked PCP, I did not know I was going to smoke PCP. I thought classic. I was, yeah. I thought I was going to be smoking a blunt. Uh, I think I was still in high school at this point. Maybe not. No, I was still in high school. So, parents weren't home. Me, a couple of buddies, one of which was my next-door neighbor, who's, like, real strung out and believes the earth is flat now, and, uh... Probably a little bit schizophrenic. Okay. So we went out back and we're smoking a blunt. And all of a sudden, like, I just have a complete reality break. And I started getting dizzy and a little bit nauseous. And I thought I was just, like, getting a little sick from smoking too much weed, which had happened to me before at that yeah. point. And I remember kneeling down in my backyard. And... <laughs> the only thing I could think of th- was that I was one of the little trophies from the original Smash Brothers mm. that you collect throughout playing the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that was the first thing that came to my mind, but I was. Now you say stuck. original Smash,
0: you actually mean N64 Smash. Yes. Okay, that's yes. not the original. You do know there was. Or is it? It is. It is. You're right. I'm yes. sorry. It's okay. It's alright. I'm it's not fine. a Nintendo boy. I was yeah. thinking there was an SNES version. No. Okay.
1: Shame on me. No. That would have been cool, though. Yeah. 2D Fighter would have been. I guess it is a 2D fire. Anyway, so at that point, I muster enough ability to actually get up and walk inside, and I hit my couch real hard, and then just essentially melt into my couch, and then the whole room melts away. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I know, my buddy comes in, and he flops down on his stomach, saying that he's in a spaceship, and for my other buddy to get in with him... And oh my God, there's aliens coming for us. We need to get them. And he's pew, 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 pew. And then I kind of like wig out a bit and I'm not sure what is real, what's not anymore. And then I'm being flipped over because I'm choking on my own vomit.
0: Yeah, that sounds like it could be laced. I had, I had bought an ounce from this guy who was in fact Puerto Rican a really cheap weed but he said was really good and i didn't really put two and two together and i was swimming for a while but i was also still doing a lot of dxm at the time so i just thought it was always <laughs> activating my dxm <laughs> yeah and my friend came over and was like you're probably smoking pcp because this is obviously laced this is like barely even weed this is like physically been you can like tell it doesn't feel this and i was like this is not marijuana it was like are you like how high are you <laughs> so high it, it was the kind of show where i used to smoke it and then like think raccoons were like swirling under my feet it was yeah so i may have smoked pcp too but you know that happens to the best of us okay so this isn't really an urban legend so i'll cover it very quickly but there is the general idea that molly is pure mdma and ecstasy is a mixture of stuff And this rehab just wants to remind us that, in fact, your dealer may be lying to you and that Molly is not always pure MDMA, which, like, obviously does. What? Yeah, I know. So, it's normally, like, nine other research chemicals mixed together with baby laxatives. (laughs) That was a joke. But, yeah, no, there's no guarantee that anything is anything unless you test it and have bought it yourself. Uh, The next one is Strawberry Quick, aka Flavored Methamphetamine, that is methamphetamine that's cooked with strawberry Nesquik to give it a candy flavor and strawberry color.
1: No, don't tell me it's not real.
0: Well, there have been incidences reported of colored meth, but the idea is the urban legend, and this just only speaks to a post-60s world of, like, these types of urban legends of... Dealers made this to get kids addicted and make it kid-friendly. And we all know that kids don't have money, so dealers don't do that. Dealers do not get little kids hooked on meth because it's not a profitable thing to do.
1: True, but, you know, they do give out free samples to people.
0: Yeah, sometimes, but not... Like, the strawberry thing is... You know, it's a USP like post... What's it called? The show that everybody likes? Breaking Bad. Yeah. You know, so... But they're like, yeah, there, there's definitely been cases of colored meth, like intentionally colored meth. But there's no reports of any meth dealers selling colored meth
1: to kids. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things every year around. Like when we hit October, oh yeah, it's like always check your kids' candy to make sure they're not drugs or they're not they're not weed candy. It's like no one get no one's giving your kids weed candy. Yeah. They want their up. That's no literally for them
0: yeah so they're there and i'll cover that i'll just touch it now so that's another classic drug urban legend is that especially in 2010 there was a big scare that there were weed edibles being given out at halloween and anybody who's ever done weed edibles knows you would like why would you give
1: them away they cost a bunch of money like bunch of money yeah you need to use a lot of decent weed for them to be yeah
0: if you're making them yourself you're certainly not giving them away unless it's to other stoners who you're trying to sleep with or get stoned with yeah. and if you're in colorado where you can buy them in a dispensary you're not giving them to kids after you spent your cold hard-hearted money on it like no. there, there's just the entire idea that any kind of drug and i'll go through this with a couple different ones has been purposely given to kids to get them addicted is insane the other one was there was lsd gummy bears or like different ways lsd has been allegedly given to kids to, oh well the big one is the blue stars which were like stick-on tattoos that they said like the blue stars contained LSD. And first of all, LSD is not addictive in the way that other drugs are. It's just psychologically addictive. There's no physical addiction component. In fact, as we all know, it's often used now to treat other drug addictions. And more importantly, what would be the purpose of getting little kids who would put on stick-on tattoos addicted to LSD? They don't have any money.
1: No, they have no money. They have
0: no money. So, obviously, that makes no fucking sense. But I love it. It cracks me up.
1: It's it's one of my... It's just so funny. It's one of my favorite things that I read every fucking year.
0: Yeah. Okay, so the next one is that eating poppy seed bagels can cause a false positive for opiates on drug tests. This is true. Or it used to be. So there's a whole Seinfeld episode about it where Elaine eats a poppy seed bagel and then she fails a drug test and I think loses her job. I don't remember this the episode specifically, but... They mention it on all the websites I was talking about. I'm like, damn, I just want to watch Seinfeld now. I don't want to have to do this research. But it used to be that the levels for which metabolites for uh, opiates were tested for were much lower. And there are documented cases of false positives as a result of this. And for anybody who's ever been drug tested... You know that one of the hardest things to do is to convince people that like you failed a drug test, but you didn't actually do the yes, drugs yes. because drug users are liars, and so everybody says that much in the way that everybody who's in one prison or science. jail,
1: one is your word. Yeah,
0: right. It, you know, is totally innocent. But the good thing is is that even now in this day and age, you can uh, get that stuff tested, and like you can get your urine, blood, whatever, and they can. Especially if it's like an at-home drug test versus a lab test, you'll get real results and they'll be able to tell you, especially if the person's a heroin user, there's specific metabolites that go with heroin that you're only going to see with heroin that no amount of poppy seed bagels will make you fail for. Yep. So if you're in the system and getting drug tested, don't eat poppy seed bagels just in case because who wants to go through that rigmarole of proving that you didn't do it? But what about everything bagels? Probably, less. Yeah, seeds. probably not enough. And most of the time it's going to be like, you got to eat a lot of poppy seed bagels, like at least two, to kind of get there. But it's funny. That uh-huh. is funny. Okay. So the next one is uh, the stuffed baby story.
1: I don't know this one.
0: So basically, the story started back in the 70s or 60s and has... Continued to come back in the message board days, and then the forward, 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 forward emails to your mom days, and oh, then God. now, yeah. So the stuffed baby is essentially a family goes on vacation to Mexico, it's Chile, really Mexico, and the uh, child of the there's the parents have a baby with them, and the baby's kidnapped by you know some guy, and then they go looking for the baby, and finally. You know, whether it's the Federales or the U.S. Marshals or whoever, they find the guy who took the baby, and when they find the baby, the baby's in the car with the guy who's about to cross the border, and they go to wake the baby up because the baby looks like it's sleeping, and the baby's in fact dead, and it's been cut open, completely disemboweled, bones removed the whole nine yards, and it's just stuffed full of cocaine.
1: Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Yeah. So here, here's a uh, text-email-forum-post version of this story. My sister's co-worker has a sister in Texas who with her husband was planning a weekend trip across the Mexican border for a shopping spree. At the last minute, their babysitter canceled, so they had to bring along their two-year-old son with them. They had been across the border for about an hour when the baby got free and ran around the corner. The mother went chasing, but the boy disappeared. The mother found a police officer who told her to go to the gate and wait. Not really understanding the instructions, she did what she was instructed. About 45 minutes later, a man approached her approached the border, carrying the boy. The mother ran to him, grateful that he had been found. When the man realized it was the boy's mother, he dropped the boy and ran himself. The police were waiting for him and got him. The boy was dead. In 45 minutes, he was missing, cut open, all of his insides removed, and his body cavity was stuffed with cocaine. The man was going to carry him across the border as if he were asleep. A two-year-old boy, dead, discarded as if he were a piece of trash for
1: somebody's cocaine. Well, wasn't it in uh, American Gangster, where they were? And I think this might be an urban legend too, but they they do it in back, the movie, bringing back heroin from Vietnam, Vietnam in the bodies of dead soldiers. They weren't in the bodies; it was underneath
0: the the caskets. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had like a hidden compartment in the caskets, and then the heroin was in there.
1: Is that verified?
0: No, that didn't come up in here. It's possible, but unlikely. Uh, I think that movie's supposed to be based on a true story, but I know... Yeah, Frank Castle's real. Yeah, most drug dealers lie about things. So, it's possible that they did that, but that level of sneaky-sneaky would never be confirmed by the government, because so, <clears throat> it would be embarrassing. But yeah, so that's that's the story, and there's different versions of it. You know, stewardess asks a family about this child on a plane and then like she goes to examine the child the child's dead and then they sky marshals find the child's full of cocaine or whatever it's generally cocaine it's generally used to illustrate like the brutalness of the cartels whether they colombian mexican or whatever and it made me laugh because the movie we'd put off watching for over a year cry of the prostitute i just recently watched and that's how the movie starts They've got this kid in the backseat. They go across the border, car crashes. The police come and investigate. They find the boy is like hollowed out. Literally has huge like yarn used to sew him back together. (laughs) He's full of cocaine. And the head of like the Sicilian mob generally is like, we have to eliminate the gangs that were responsible for this awful plot. This isn't how we do things. And then hijinks ensues, double crosses, etc.
1: The Double, movie triple quadruple
0: cross. There was a lot of crossing, and Barbara Boucher gets her ass beat mercilessly for like a good portion of the film. So,
1: sounds
0: phenomenal. She's the prostitute. Yeah, no, I know. yeah, yeah, quite, quite, quite saucy. Uh, actually, really a, a fun film. So, and that was like 1972 or three. So this is this is one of those urban legends that's such an urban legend it like has made its way into film in right. multiple variations. So that was another favorite of mine. So I'm going to quickly go through a couple of the other really good ones, starting with uh, urban legends as they relate to LSD. So there is the babysitter places baby in the oven while high on LSD. There is an unverifiable story from the 60s, where that's where it starts, where a hippie babysitter who drops acid uh, places the baby in the oven and a turkey in the bassinet instead. And (laughs) uh, that has been debunked. No, it is funny. That's the point. So the myth is parodied in The Simpsons episodes, The Secret War of Lisa Simpson, in which the children go on a school field trip to a scared straight wax museum at the local police station. One exhibit contains a wax dummy of a hippie woman eating a sandwich with a baby in it. Chief Wiggum says, that's right, she's got the munchies for a California cheeseburger. I can't do a Wiggum impression. If I could, I would. It's it funny. There's
1: also a Polybius reference. I think we might have mentioned this in the other yeah. episode, but there's a Polybius reference in The Simpsons as well.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's real, it's been in The Simpsons. If it's not...
1: Not it's in The Simpsons.
0: It, yeah. So, there are reports of a guy in Ohio in 2009, high on PCP, tried to put his 20-day-old uh, son into a conventional oven, only to be stopped by the child's mother in March 2010, a Kentucky man put his five-week-old baby in an oven, but didn't turn it on, and was just drunk and high. And in 2005, China Arnold murdered her near-month-old baby with a microwave oven, but she claimed to be under the influence of alcohol, not LSD. And there are a shitload of other cases where people have put their kids in... Microwaves or ovens or whatever, and been fucked up, but generally it's not LSD. We, anybody who's ever taken LSD knows you don't put anybody in a fucking oven. You don't even go near an oven. Ovens no. are hot and uncomfortable.
1: Usually you want to go outside and look at trees. Yeah,
0: like smoke some pot, drink Listen 30 beers, but like never feel drunk because you're on so much acid. Yeah. It's pretty great. Maybe you should try it. But <laughs> I also laughed because this is. This is another Urban Legend that this made it into the first of, or the uh, first season of True Detective when he talks about I'm pretty sure he talked about like a tweaker having a put a baby in a microwave, I think, as part of like his Yeah, I think so. Drug days in you in know, East Texas, yeah, or whatever. So But there is no acid version of that.
1: Well that,
0: There's none verified.
1: Well, no, what I was gonna say is there was Years ago, in my hometown, there was these three guys who, like, bought up a bunch of acid to sell in town, as people are wont to do. Sure. And one of them took way too much acid, and was running back and forth on a major highway right out front of a department store, Mm -hmm. and ended up, like, they need, like, five, and this is true, like, they posted it on their Facebook page and everything, like, five cops to, like, take him down, and... He was spitting on the cops, got charged with biological assault. And there's this whole thing on the police Facebook page where they were like, you know, Marlton has never seen a drug like this in years. And it's like, that's not true. It's literally acid. They've
0: been seeing acid.
1: It's everywhere.
0: Yeah. So there's also the idea slash urban legend that there's quote-unquote bad LSD or certain types of acid that are not good. Most famously at the 1969 Woodstock Festival, they said... Stay away from the, the, the brown acid. Yeah. yeah. So that's not true. Uh and along with that there is this whole idea that acid is cut with strychnine and that's not true. I used to hear that one all the time. It was like I never sir, heard that. Oh really? See, yeah. when we used to drop it was like if if you were feeling extra tense on that particular trip, it was like, ah dude, this acid's cut with strychnine, brah. Like or like it breaks down into strychnine and what I was reading was essentially strychnine is so pungent and so powerful and has such a strong taste. First of all, a lethal dose couldn't fit on a blotter tab of acid. And that's the first problem. The second problem is like, nobody would ever do that. Like you would never cut acid with strychnine. Like there's none of it there's makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. And it certainly doesn't break down into strychnine. And even when I was just recently on tour, somebody said that like, oh, you got to take it before it breaks down into strychnine. I was like, that that's not true. But, um, you know, acid's volatile in the sense of it doesn't keep its chemical composition, I guess. Like, it's pretty easy to fuck it up. But there's definitely been times where I've bought acid, taken some of it, and then, like, it got wet or it got this or it got that. And it felt like the acid went bad, quote unquote. But I don't know. I'm not a Yeah, but
1: you didn't get, like, a bad trip. Yeah, no, no, no.
0: Yeah, bad trips happen because people either take too much or hang out with shitty people.
1: Yeah. Or aren't in the right state of mind to be tripping.
0: Yeah. Some people, acid just doesn't work. Know, know your body. Know your drugs. Acid's the best. So there is the <laughs> there is the urban legend. You that heard was, it
1: here first. Motel Hell stands behind LSD. I
0: honestly, I mean, you know, we've talked about this many times before, but LSD is for, I think most people, like a perfectly safe drug to take. There are certainly, there, it is true that it can actually aggravate dormant. Schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. Yeah. But outside of that, which is kind of unknowable, except for knowing your family mental health history, uh, you know, it's a pretty fun drug to take. And just don't take it with assholes. Probably take it with a significant other who you're not on the rocks with. And uh, get naked, have a nice time, pick out some good music in advance. Yeah,
1: just, you know. Be
0: safe. Don't drop. Drop
1: responsibly. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, as part of the 60s and the... Uh, Vietnam war draft dodging etc etc there was an urban legend that developed that if you took a certain amount of acid or took it a certain amount of times you would be deemed to be legally insane and therefore you couldn't be drafted. This is not true the army has never held that pol- policy. Uh, there is a policy in the United States States Air Force or at least there used to be that if during a pre-enlistment interview, you admitted to using acid in the past, you would be barred from entry into the Air Force. I don't know if this policy still stands, but allegedly it used to be part of their policy, but there is no, like, legally insane after this many trips. Because if that was the case, I'd be certifiably fucking nuts.
1: Uh, A lot of people from the 60s would be certifiably nuts. Yeah,
0: or the 90s when it had its big resurgence. Yeah. So it's funny because in Dragnet they talk about uh this thing as being real and that's not true also there's the whole idea of uh acid flashbacks which are kind of real although they're it's pretty debatable so there is a allegedly they've done studies and they've shown that some people do actually suffer some kind of like post acid take trap flashback but there is, again, an urban legend, which is uh, mentioned in SLC Punk, if you can use that as a reference point.
1: That is stored in your spine? Yeah,
0: and that like that's what causes you to have flashbacks, or that it never leaves, or that any of those things happen, or that it'll take your spinal fluid when you use it, or same thing with MDMA. That's not true. They used to do spinal taps to test for the effects of drug use after the fact, like on a scientific level, not like a DUI stop level, right. but... But there's never, like, no drug affects your spinal cord or saps your spinal fluid or gets, you know, they say, so with, like, THC, because it's fat-soluble, they say, okay, well, it gets stored in your fat cells, and then post-workout, you get, like, a high down the road. Or if you smoke a lot of weed, you get high days later when the fat starts to break down. That's not true. Those things aren't true. The (laughs) active uh, cannabinoids that make you high do not gets stored in your fat cells, even if it does take... We all know people who use a lot of weed and yes. takes forever to get out of their system. That's true, but it's not like you're still high. Yeah,
1: That's why you have kidneys and a liver. Right.
0: And the half-life of acid is like four hours. Like, your body breaks down incredibly fast. What happens is that when acid binds to the 5 H 2 receptor, it just stays bound for a long period of time and then essentially the length of your trip is like the length of the time it takes your brain to essentially close those gateways that had opened up the serotonin gateways. And then once they finally get close to closing, then your brain's like, maybe you can sleep soon.
1: Couple, and you don't. Yeah.
0: A couple Xanax later and you do though. But yeah, oh, I'll just briefly mention the whole man turns into an orange or man turns into a glass of orange juice. This is again, another one from the sixties onwards of, You know, a guy took so much acid, he thinks he's a glass of orange juice and he won't let anybody touch him or he'll like tip over and spill out or that he's an actual orange and he's terrified people are going to peel and eat him. Uh, This exists as an anecdote and an urban legend, but again, doesn't seem likely. And if there was somebody who showed up in a mental hospital claiming this, I would say it's a sort of case of essentially, not exactly mass hysteria, but that type of like, pop zeitgeist urban legend bullshit creeping into somebody's brain to give them a narrative for their alleged
1: insanity. Yeah, I've met a lot of people who've done a lot of acid, and they never went crazy. Yeah. I, there was one girl that I used to hang out with when I was younger who, what I was told is she did a bunch of acid one night and then did a bunch of nitrous balloons, mm-hmm. and then like lost her shit and ended up in a psych ward for a little while. Sure. I don't know how true that is. I don't talk to any of those people anymore, but... yeah. She thought, like, people were following her and shit, which kind of sounds like maybe she just had a psychotic episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. It's... It, I mean, that kind of stuff... It's one of those things where we all know people who have reacted to drugs differently than we have while we've been doing drugs, and they... It seems, like, bizarre, their reactions. And then we've all heard stories that are like that, but taken to the next level that you weren't there for so i generally chalk that up to everybody has a slightly different reaction to every drug and i also believe that people like think they're supposed to act a certain way especially on hallucinogens and the thing that you learn and part of what perpetuates these urban legends as it relates especially to like psychedelic type psychoactive drugs is that people think you have full-on hallucinations that are indistinguishable from reality when most drugs just alter your perception or distort your perception.
1: Yeah, it's sense mixing, like <clears throat> the style stuff where you can see sound or taste colors and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: that can happen on acid. It's not... But it's not, like, so cut and dry because you're high. Like, you're yeah. in the middle of, like, a serotonin-induced mania. So... It's not like the yellow submarine per se. and But it's also, I mean, to say that it's different in the sense of if you're on even amphetamines, but like MDMA, weed, acid, those types of drugs. Like what you see is clearly just like, you know, the floor is breathing or this, that, or the other. But what you don't see is a pink elephant come like walking out of the wall and being like, oh my God, that's real and I'm terrified. That's just not how those drugs work. Like, you just don't make shit up in your mind. I mean, I've, like, seen shadow people after days of being on uppers, but that's, like... I've
1: had some experiences where I've seen, like, things that weren't necessarily there, but it wasn't, like, out of the blue, let's say. So, like, I saw a shadow person, but it was because I was looking into a backyard where there's a bunch of darkness and a scarecrow. Yeah, And I was just like, nah, and I looked away, and it was gone, and I didn't see anything like that for the rest of the
0: night. And I've seen, I've had, like, full-on visual mutations where it normally comes from lack of sleep, in my opinion, because, like, even if you just don't sleep for two days and not be on drugs, although that's a lot harder, like, you will start to hallucinate because your brain just doesn't have the computing power to essentially filter and distinguish all the images you're seeing and then just, like, uses old patterns to connect the dots and, like, give you an approximation of what you should be seeing while operating it. Less than full capacity. So I can remember taking ecstasy and then watching my, like, thinking I was watching my friends essentially like congeal into like one giant fucking horrible flesh sculpture while they fucked viciously on a lawn chair next to me. And that did not happen. But it the was. The fucking or the flesh? Both. Uh. And it was terrifying. And I was like really out of it. But I had not slept in days and was like essentially losing my mind. So that played way more of a role in it than taking an e-pill. Like that was not what caused that. It was the delirium from sleeping. And to go further onto that. So just to touch onto the weed types of urban legends, there is this idea that like weed will cause you to like have these freak out hallucinations, especially perpetuated in a film like reefer madness and those older things and turn you into like a violent or like schizoid person. And There's a belief that some of that might have come from some people, especially like Midwest South kind of regions where like the slang, but the realities didn't connect. And there's a weed called ginsome weed, which is a part of the um, uh, scopalamine family of flowers, which if smoked or ingested is a powerful and toxic delirium. It's the same thing as devil's breath or Uh taking a shitload of Benadryl is essentially the same And if you've ever done any of those drugs recreationally, which are the worst drugs ever to do recreationally, you will have hallucinations that are indistinguishable from reality, and you will act as if they are totally fine, and it is fucking horrifying. Like, you'll see your fingers crawl up your arm in a way that's, like, no special effects on the big screen can bring it to—like, you're just like, I accept this, and now I'm, like, (laughs) gonna have a mental collapse— and there, are, you know, so there's a belief that some things may have arisen out of, like, people smoking ginseng weed thinking, oh, that's just weed, and then having, like, total mental breakdowns as a result of powerful delirium entering their systems and, at, like, having an out-of-body experience that pales in comparison to PCP.
1: I also think a lot of it stems just from the simple fact of fearing of drugs and, you know, right. war on drugs and stuff like that, like, trying to get people not to do drugs so you yeah. tell them a horrifying story
0: yeah absolutely and i mean that that is where most of this stuff comes from is a lack of education on like the actual effects of drugs and the minority of the population taking drugs so the majority of the population that are pushing this agenda are demonizing something that they don't understand and comically misapprising the situation as far as like what those drugs do and how people react on them like is there a link between drug usage and criminality? Absolutely, but like does smoking crack automatically turn you into like a fucking fiend who can no longer speak and just rapes? Like no, I mean Not right
1: away. Yeah,
0: over time, <laughs> sure, but right. I mean, but you know, like, Hotel Hell
1: is not telling you to go out and do drugs, kids. Yeah, don't do that.
0: So, there is another urban legend. This is the last one on acid that there was an idea that people would drop acid and be so high. They would stare into the sun and go blind. (laughs) Not true. There are two cases that like post that urban legend gaining traction. It appears people did something similar, but again, largely like influenced by what they thought they should be doing. One of those people were schizophrenic and the other one had some other kind of mental disorder associated with it. Although she had used LSD. So I basically covered all the weed stuff already there is two that i want to cover briefly one is the idea that george washington grew and smoked weed that's not true people who say that's true i read a whole list on it's like a grower website or whatever where they're like debunking the myths of famous of presidents who used weed there are a couple presidents who definitely used weed but for the most part there was a huge push for the hemp industry like when the united states was getting on its feet post revolution and pre-revolution that for anybody who knows famously hemp can't be used here and grown here and all this stuff, it's like a major cash crop that's been, I forget, I guess it was the cotton industry, right? That whole civil war. Yeah. That pushed against it uh, being allowed to be here, and it's not, but George Washington was just a big proponent of... Hemp. Hemp, industrial hemp. And allegedly the constitution was written on hemp, but no, it was written on parchment. It was, hemp was used for the drafts, but yeah, it, it's not like they talk about it in a way that makes it seem like, oh, maybe they were using weed there
1: or smoking weed or whatever. I don't even, you know, Ben Franklin was fucking blazing that shit up. Fucking yeah. mad bitches. If
0: Ben Franklin could have, he probably would have. Out but of all I, the
1: founding fathers, he's well, the he's, most likely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That guy fucked. A lot. Yeah, I know. Big old dangus. I mean, he had that whole, like, Almanac flame war, the Farmer's Almanac versus the other Almanac. There was, like, these two... You know, he had one and the other guy had one. And, yeah. like, as part of, like, Almanac articles, it was like, that guy's a fucking piece of shit who <laughs> fucks dogs and has sex with little kids. And they were like, oh, well, it's in the Almanac, must be true. So, pretty sick. Um, the other one is that Bruce Lee died from smoking weed, ingesting weed and no he was using a painkiller so yeah i didn't know this but apparently it's a pretty big deal famous thing there was a humongous stigma in hong kong and as there continues to be in most asian countries against marijuana and he was using a painkiller as well as um, marijuana at the time of his death and he had a previous medical incident pretty soon before or pretty recently before that it's, like, an edema, which I guess is, like, a either a tumor or... I'm not entirely sure. But, essentially, it was caused by a specific allergic reaction he had to the painkiller, not to weed. Weed did not kill Bruce That Lee. is
1: not what I heard about him dying. I heard that it was, like, a weightlifting accident or something that, yeah. like, ended up, like, rupturing something, and then he, like, died, like, within the next week. Or that he got... He was... Assassinated by Zog. No, Frank, stop. Uh, that... He was in a not a tournament, but like a competition. Not a full competition. It was just like a one-on-one fight, sparring. but like a fish. Yes, yeah, sparring. And uh, the guy lost. And as Bruce Lee went to go walk away, he like hit him, and it like ruptured an organ, and he died a couple of days later. Yeah, no, I
0: think these these ruptures were based on him using a specific kind of no longer available muscle relaxing painkiller.
1: Oh, that's super sad. Yeah, I'm sad now. His son got
0: got too. Yeah. This was one that I've probably heard before, but I didn't really know it, that uh, Lucky Strike cigarettes used to, one in every uh, thousand packs would have, there'd be one cigarette uh, out of every thousand packs that would have weed in it would be a spliff, and that was the Lucky Strike, and that's not true they never should be they never put the weed in there and then as part of that like so i used to keep a lucky cigarette you know like you'd flip it and smoke it last or whatever yeah i felt like it was
1: very much a drug addict thing
0: yeah like a weird young as a young person you do things because you think that's what cool drug addicts do and it just turns out that you're stupid or you believe in luck which is like literally the dumbest thing but anyway yeah, that that was like allegedly that was how people marked their lucky spliff, like their lucky strike or Whatever, none of, none of it's all bullshit. Don't believe the lies. Not that anybody smokes lucky strikes in America because well, lucky strikes you can't are get
1: unfiltered. Them.
0: So well, they're filtered everywhere else in the world except for the United States.
1: Hell yeah, they're, America. Yeah, there's
0: some kind of tariff thing about that. and I forget what it is. So I've looked into it because I always buy them when I come into the country from out of the country at duty free stores. Remember I had that big uh, Lucky Strike. Yeah, that was, was the gonna... Eco box. Yeah, please do them fast. The last couple I'll do. So MDMA, I've covered a lot of this already. Holes in the Brain is the biggest one. So most famously, MTV's True Life, I'm on Ecstasy from 2000, shows yeah. this girl going to a doctor who shows her brain yep. activity and says, these are the holes in your brain. That is not true. That is not what that scan no. shows. And mdma does not put holes in your brain it does not all drugs will affect your brain chemistry and stimulants will famously increase certain areas and decrease others cocaine users like the basically the dopamine overload like has super hyperactive areas and decreases activity and all the other ones because your brain's like let's do more coke dog and i just need that part of my brain on for that and uh, methamphetamine does cause, like, damage to your brain over time from extended use. Most drugs do, and there's it's not just the drug. It's generally the fact that you're not eating correctly, not sleeping correctly, not getting proper hygiene, not doing anything else except not for drugs. drinking water. Yeah, all those things can contribute to that. Uh, those, those holes, quote-unquote, are called Olney's lesions, and the only drugs that are known to do that are high regular use of PCP and ketamine. And when I read that, that made me pretty freaked out because DXM is essentially in the same family, so if anybody's got holes in their brain, it probably is me. And me. What's up? Yeah, so eight years on the job might have fucked me up. I actually just
1: brought that whole thing up. It's like, yeah, no. Because there's a couple people I work with. One of them is a pretty big... Well, they they both smoke weed Mm. pretty regularly. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, when you have a past with this stuff, people ask you questions. Sure. So, we got on top of, of ecstasy because I, I had so much fun rolling. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, so much fun. And, like, pretty wholesome fun for the most part. Yeah. Never, you know. You mostly want to people, cuddle and, and to kiss. Cuddle. Yeah. I went to Walmart, touched a bunch of towels, yeah. almost bought a Spider-Man uh, web shooter. Anyway, I remember that, yeah. So I've heard that one. Yeah, it's a good story but um yeah the the girl I was talking to about it I was like honestly it's one of the few things that I think everyone should try at least once because you're not gonna fucking run out into you're not gonna have a freak out you're not gonna run into traffic like there's very little bad that can actually happen to you as long as you stay hydrated yeah and and don't overhydrate because yeah and don't because you can
0: hypo or hyperhydrosis which is when you drink so much water that your cell walls burst and then girls died from that and like the Late 90s, early 2000s, I can remember reading articles yeah. about that. Some sorority sister who just was like chugging in water like she normally chugged cock and then
1: just fucking died from overwatering. <laughs> so, yeah, when, she brought it, put holes in your brain. I was like, no, it, it doesn't. It no, I saw no, it. No, it definitely does not.
0: Yeah. No, that's totally, totally false. The other one that was really good, I didn't even know this was a thing, but. Uh, MDMA causes Parkinson's is absolutely not true. And more hilariously, they are now using it as a potential treatment for Parkinson's.
1: Well, then, yeah, recently they've started using it as like microdoses of that and LSD to do a lot of stuff.
0: Well, yeah, so that's been a huge push and there is, that's, I think, something that will definitely gain more and more traction in the next five to 10 years. As it relates to PTSD and other psychological yeah. disorders, they've had it be, really successful for some people to do microdosing of lsd and mdma because of the fact that it allows you to essentially like lsd gives you that third person perspective on trauma or like other stuff that's happening and allows you to examine things that are like horrible in a light that's like not emotionally devastating and mdma allows you to have a level of uh empathy and sympathy that sometimes can be hard to access and they're like In their pure laboratory forms, wonderful drugs. I mean, also in their street forms. But, you know, uh, from that perspective, yeah, like,
1: awesome. I don't know if you're going to cover this in it. Are you you about to move on to a new drug? Yeah. Okay, so I know, and I'm almost 100% sure it's not true, but I heard things that, like, the Nazis created it for whatever reason. Um, And then also that it was used in couples counseling, which I believe is also not true.
0: Yeah, so my my understanding of the history of MDMA was Alexander Shulgin created it for therapy. Alexander Shulgin's a famous, like, hippie guy to come out of the 60s who was a chemist who was Russian who still resides in California and has created, like, hundreds if not thousands of different drugs. And he created, like, 2CE, 2CI, like, all the 2C, like, t- 2 family, type 2, whatever doc like essentially every good club drug designer drug has been created by him and he was using it in therapy in california and then somebody caught wind of it and thought this could be an awesome party drug took it to dallas where then it took off because dallas has like a raging club gay scene and it was like the gay drug for a while i mean obviously along with poppers but and then exploded from there. But that was, it was really in the late 80s that it, like, nobody was doing it before it was a therapeutic drug to start with. And Alexander Shulgin is one of the greatest heroes for, not just like drug users, but it's just like, I'm willing to say, like, we should try stuff out. And he, like, does all his own drugs. And, like, the guy's probably, like, yeah. mad fucking chill to talk to.
1: Albert Hoffman 2.0.
0: Yeah. Yeah, way better than Albert Hoffman. So the last one I'll cover is Crocodile. And I'm just going to do this very briefly, but there were reports a few years ago, probably five, 10 years ago at this point of crocodile coming to the United States. It was like first, I think it was New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, and then it was Connecticut and Vermont. I want to say none of them have been verified. It's total bullshit. And essentially it's because crocodile is a different type of synthetic opiate that is called desomorphine and what it takes to make it is a bigger pain in the ass than acquiring heroin in the United States, unlike in Russia. Yeah. So in my opinion, it seems unlikely that this drug really exists in Russia in the way that we perceive it to like as this heroin substitute, I knew a guy who cooked drugs in Russia and he definitely died from cooking too many of his own drugs that were probably not super safe. And then uh, continuing to use them. I also did some of those drugs, and I'm still okay. Russian butt drugs.
1: (laughs) Russian butt drugs? Yeah, you
0: know that one. Sure. You know that story, right? No. The highlighter yellow liquid that got injected in my butt? No, you've never told me that. Yes, I... Oh, I absolutely have. Well, anyways, um, the point of the story is that I definitely believe that in Russia, a place where it's very difficult to get most drugs outside of, like, Moscow, and even then, it's, like, extremely dangerous on a lot of levels... People are cooking up crazy stuff to, like, get high, just like they do in the Midwest. But there's no... In the United States, where drugs are relatively, like, extremely cheap compared to most places in the world, and heroin is especially cheap here, there's, like, no reason that anybody would make crocodile, and nobody probably has. Like, it's possible that dumb teenagers have cooked up a bunch of, like, weird shit and shot it and gotten infections, but this idea that, like, there's a drug that turns your skin into a crocodile-type skin... Every time they've ever been tested where people claim they did crocodile, it was just like they had some kind of horrible skin infection because they were yeah. shooting with dirty water or dirty needles. So that's totally never been in the United States and it's a bunch of made up bullshit. And there was another one called, I believe, Piku that was a cocaine derivative. It was like all the byproducts that's, that's of processing cute. cocaine in, I think it was Argentina and maybe less so in Colombia, was being sold as its own drug and was, like, ruining people's lives. I remember reading at least a Vice article about it, but it's one of those things that maybe it's true, but probably...
1: I feel like every time there's, like, a quote-unquote new drug on the street, it's just the worst one ever. Right. And, like, I don't know if things get much worse than, like, meth, crack, and heroin addiction, but yeah, I don't fucking know. I watched a news story recently where this dude was, like... Somewhere combating this thing called uh, monkey dust, which Ooh. I found so funny just because, like, they're talking so seriously and keep saying, like, oh, yeah, monkey dust. And I'm like, this is too good. Yeah. Then I found out they were just talking about bath salts. Ah.
0: Yeah. And it, the whole jankum thing may not even be true. Really? Yeah. It's quite possible that all that shit was, like, the classic people in depressed countries tell journalists whatever they want to hear and then, like that shit comes over here we make poo
1: poo drugs yeah
0: and then like kids over here try to do it and get like super sick or die yeah right but the idea that like anybody's actually abusing you know fermented human waste gas to get high just seems highly unlikely because there's always a better alternative yep so i mean yeah so that's kind of that's it that's my that's my rap on drug urban legends if you've got your own stories urban legends or local things Feel free to send them to us and let us know. Uh, I think this is a pretty comprehensive picture of those urban legends though.
1: I agree. Moving on. So, my first urban legend, which I had actually not heard about until I was doing a little bit of research, but fell in love with the story, is something called the Licked Hand. Okay. So it's also known as the Doggy Lick, and humans can lick too. I think I know where this is going. Do you? Yeah. So, essentially, the way the story goes is that, like, a young girl is home alone for the first time, and it's just her and her dog. So, she's listening to the news, and it's obviously one of those things like, oh, there's a killer on the loose. Mm. So, she goes around her house and locks all her doors and windows, but there's one window that won't lock wherever it may be in whatever part of the house. The cellar, house. the attic. Yeah, whatever. Oh, you just, Maybe you have heard of this one. So... As a little bit more solace, she takes her dog to bed with her, to sleep with her, and just like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, sleep, sleep under the bed. Bow-wow. So at some point, during the night, she wakes up and she hears this weird dripping sound coming from the bathroom, and she's all freaked out. She's like, oh no, leaky faucets, I'm so terrified. Mm-hmm. So she, to reassure herself, she kind of, you know, puts her hand underneath the bed to pet her dog, and her dog gives her a couple licks, and she feels better, and goes back to sleep the next day she wakes up goes to take a shower and written on the bathroom wall in blood is humans can lick too and her dog is dead whether it be hung and skinned or just stabbed to death or whatever I know real sad but also like I'm just thinking about this dude humans can lick too who one did not kill this easily murderable girl yeah he just wanted to lick right and and just like he saw hands, just like yeah and you know I've had a lot of tongues on me in my day dog tongue human tongue feel totally different yeah but I just I just think this story is hilarious um, it could be from this 1990s 1919 story the dairy uh, diary the diary of mr. point pointner where uh, a young man absently-mindedly strokes his dog while reading an old manuscript account of the sinister death of a young student obsessed with his own hair, and of course the creature crouching beside him is not his dog. There's also another urban legend that I think they actually covered in the movie Urban Legend, where, you know, you're in college in a dorm, most likely a female, and you come home and... You walk in and you hear like, you know, like, mm, 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 into your dorm and you don't turn on the light. You're like, oh, sorry. And, and, and you walk out and then you go back the next day and you turn on the light or you just go to bed next to two people fucking. I don't know. I never went to college. I hear it's wild. It's I, I've not. <laughs> I, I've seen porkies. Yeah. I anyway, did a lot more drugs at home than I did at college, but. Well, you weren't, you never fucked next to somebody in your dorm room? I did that a couple of times. Yeah. So you go back the next day, you turn on the light, your roommate is stabbed to death or murdered some way, and written in their blood on the wall is, Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Yeah. So I just thought that one was pretty funny. Yeah. Um and there's like a bunch of variations of it, but I just um. it's just weird that like <laughs> I don't know. Licky licky. Now the one that I was truly excited about Mm-hmm. It's called a Red Room. I've heard about this. I know you, I know you know the Red Room. So, for our listeners who don't know, there's a thing called the Deep Web and then the Dark Web, which we will cover probably more in depth in another episode. Definitely. And probably also covers... Uh, what's it called? Silk Road? I think. Yeah. But anyway, so the Deep Web is essentially a place where... Uh, browsers can't search for stuff, so like Google, Bing, all that stuff, you won't be able to find stuff on the deep web there. And then there's the dark web, which you need certain browsers to even get onto, and... Tor. Tor, um... Tor VPNs, those types of things are all
0: used in order to conceal identities, locations, and everything else so that you can browse securely without anybody knowing who you are, and other people can conceal their identities so you don't know who they are or where they are. And that way people can exchange illegal things without
1: being traced hypothetically. From what I understand, it's mostly just a bunch of message boards and stuff. Pedo shit. Well, there's some, but... There, I don't, there's a fair amount of pedo yeah. shit on the deep web, let's be real. But I think it's mostly just a bunch of nerds thinking it's cool to be on the deep web. Yeah. Dark web, I'm sorry. Deep web something different. But there's a thing called a red room, which is funny because I read another article which I kind of believe that it actually sort of stems from Videodrome. Okay. Because Videodrome, if you guys haven't seen it, fucking watch it. We discussed it on our Cronenberg episode. Gushed hard. Yes. Is a movie where they find a broadcast signal where people are being tortured and murdered live. Same idea. So... Yeah.
0: Murder is pornography.
1: Yeah. It's allegedly a hidden website or a service on the dark web where you can see and or participate in interactive torture or murder. So, snuff films, which pretty much aren't real for the most part. There's never really been a real documented case, but I have something I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But, you know, snuff films for the new age, so yeah. to speak, for the internet age. Well,
0: I mean, I've seen Two Maniacs with a Screwdriver. That's a snuff film, kind of. So, the it's not oh, commercial, uh, right, so it doesn't count as a snuff film
1: right. It wasn't made specifically to sell to people, sure, okay that's that's like the whole thing. yeah, you can find plenty of I mean, you can go on live leak right now and watch a bunch of people die. Yeah, I watched a video on Fucking Reddit the other day where somebody literally fell off a balcony in a high rise. They're a hundred percent dead. I only came once, so. There's no real evidence that Red Rooms exist, but they've been portrayed in movies. I can't remember the name of the one, but there's one in the 90s that had Tom Hanks' son in it, where a serial killer would be broadcasting his torture, and the more views they got, the more the people would die or some shit. Oh, my God. There's also a movie called The Den. Uh, there's, you watched that, right? Yeah, that okay. one was fun. It was a found footage film. Yeah. It's really fun. There's also video games called The Game then or no, Welcome to the Game and then Welcome to the Game 2. Well, in Manhunt, I guess that's more like kind of a snuff filmy
0: thing as opposed to a Red Room.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's a little little bit bit of both, both. yeah.
0: The first Manhunt's pretty fucking fun. It gets really annoying at the end when they bring guns in, but up to that point it's pretty great.
1: Yeah, so uh, that is a good game. Anyway, so tour networks can't really handle live video. Can't really do it. The the way everything's set up, they don't really have the processing power for it since it's not ran on, like, Google servers or anything like that. Yeah. And anything you do find, because I guarantee you, if you search enough on the dark web, you'll find things claiming to be red rooms, which essentially will give you malware or just steal your Bitcoin. Yeah. Because Bitcoin is exchanged a lot on there because it's untraceable. Nobody knows what you're using it for. Stuff like that. But... There is someone named Peter Scully. You ever hear of Peter Scully? See the guy that makes dolls? No. 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 Peter Scully, who was born uh, 13th of January 1963, was an Austra- Australian child rapist. And June 2018, he was found guilty on one count of human trafficking and five counts of rape oh, and sentenced to life in prison. I do know about this piece of shit. So, anyway, he supposedly was recording and distributing some of these sex tapes that he made with underage children. The most controversial one and the one that people have seen is called Daisy's Destruction. So, Strapping Kitties, this is not going to be pleasant. So, apparently he sold it for an upwards of $10,000. I couldn't find whether or not that's true. I don't know how they would even track that. But it was made in 2012, and it's a multi-part film, essentially, where he tortures and brutally rapes a number of girls uh, with Filipina accomplices. And the three victims were Liza, Cindy, and Daisy, uh, ranging from 12, 12, 11, and 18 months. So, the guy's a real piece of shit. You can lurk, look into him more. We might cover him later. Um, maybe we'll do a Down Under serial killer episode. Mm. But that that's like the closest thing there is to like this type of Red Room or a snuff film. The last thing I want to bring up is the other thing you had mentioned which is the story of the Lolita slave toy. Now, I'm not going to read... The whole thing we'll post it on instagram the the actual screen grab of the post from was it like Pussy pussy punisher 9 nope just pussy master just straight to the point pussy master so it's this huge long diatribe where it makes allusions to the novel lolita here we are again mm. only a couple weeks past. So, the blog was published in 2011, and it's narrated by the surgeon that claims that he creates Lolita sa- Slave Toys. So the whole post discuss how he specifically transforms young girls into manageable sex toys, and I do mean young, like 9 or 10 I think he mentions, and how he, when he's done, they cannot resist, walk, or speak. And he talks about how he, he lives in, in somewhere in Europe, in a poor country. and how the poverty is so bad there that he can essentially go to this orphanage and he pays the orphanage and they, he just takes the girls off their hands and they know he's a surgeon, but they don't really ask any questions. I'm not gonna go into great detail. You guys can uh, look at the screen grab that we're gonna put on the Instagram, like I had mentioned. But he does mention that he cuts off their hands and feet. He cripples them. He makes them listen to really loud music so they're deaf. He blinds them. And I think he cuts out their vocal cords. And they sell from anywhere to, I think, like forty to $60,000. And he ships them to you. And this is one of the ones that I read a long time ago. Mm. And actually thought was real for a little bit. And then I like did a little bit more digging. It was one of those things where like you read it online, you're like, that's disgusting, it's probably true. And it's, it's definitely not true. There's zero verifiable evidence for it. There is a page on Reddit that is specifically made for debunking dark web stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not true. This is one of them they talk about. And occasionally, you know, you'll be on a message board and they'll be like, Lolita save toy real? And no, it's, it's not true. It's someone just writing something for shock value. And, you know, honorable mention for blank room noodles, I believe it's called. Look it up. It's a fun little video. Okay, what happens? Uh, there is a man who is quite sweaty. His eyes are blacked out. Eating a thing of noodles with a giant spoon. And crying uncontrollably. And then one person walks in and a giant mascot head in these, like, mitten hands. Like, looking like a mascot, dressing all black. And it they almost look like pop vinyls, honestly. Okay. And there's, like, stories about how these two guys killed his family, and he's making they're making the, him eat them, which is not true. Uh, there was another one I read, which was a lot of fun. And there I can't remember the name of the YouTube video thing I watched, but it's like animated urban legends or dark web legends. And this guy talked about how he posted his girlfriend's address. But the video made it seem like... Actually, the way the video was animated, they lived directly across the street from each other. Okay. Which is weird in and of itself. Uh, and he posted her address because they broke up and she was being a real bitch. And he was like, Oh, I think it would be funny to post it on this dark web forum. And nothing happened, so he went and played video games and came back. And there's all these messages like, Are you home? Where are you? Are you there? Where are you? Can I come see you? Where are you? And then... He's like, oh, that's weird. So as a prank, he orders her a pizza, right? So this car pulls up, no lights on. And the guy goes to knock on the house. He's like, oh, well, I don't want her to see me because then she'll know I'm playing this pizza prank on her. So he hides from the window and then comes back and sees this dude dragging her out and throws her in the back of the car. He goes to jump in front of the car. He gets hit by the car. And then he calls the police. None of which makes any fucking sense. There's also really good urban legends about how if you're on the dark web too long, people will contract you and come kidnap you and they can tell your gender and everything. Now, mind you, there is a lot of like hackers and stuff that use the dark web for obvious reasons, but you know, I, I heard stories about like, you'll find these like lists of people talking about like the scariest things they've seen on the dark web and how he was on this message board and someone said, hello, Mr. Whatever the guy's last name is, and he got all freaked out and didn't go on the dark web anymore. Most of that shit is non-verifiable and not true. A lot of it is just message boards. Yeah. And some of it, yeah, you can buy like drugs, and there is more than likely stuff used for human trafficking and kitty porn and stuff well, there, like well, that. Well, there's definitely stuff used for. But there is porn. a lot of. Um, legal police intervention FBI intervention stuff like that involved in a lot of that stuff yeah Uh, you can't really hire a hitman on there it's not really gonna happen but if you want a fun look at a lot of these urban legends you can either play welcome to the game one or two markiplier did playthroughs of both of them and they're pretty great from what I understand the second one is almost impossible to beat because it's randomized in such a way where, like, certain things will happen and there is, like, a whole side quest where the doll maker will come and, like, he wants you to fucking mark where the girls live in the building and shit so you have to, like, run out of your apartment. The games are legitimately scary just because they're so subtle. Uh, There's, I think, like, a cult in... I think it's in both of them, but in the second one, they'll just... You'll hear, like, your window open and you'll look over and they'll just be staring at you and if you just turn away from them they'll go away, and it's, like, really unnerving and weird, but a lot of this stuff, if you go on YouTube, there's a bunch of stuff where it's, like, worst things you'll see on the dark web, and, like, half that shit isn't true, don't believe it, and a lot of those videos have millions of fucking views, but, you know, it's just a modern-day urban legend where, you know, it's just perpetuated by YouTube videos and message boards and really look into stuff before you start telling people about it because you will look like an idiot
0: yeah well i mean i think there's the you know as always with urban legends there's the natural interest in human storytelling and sharing experience and also the idea of mysterious happenings like stoke people's imagination and the dark web being it's not something i think i've ever actively been on but i don't i don't know and
1: It's not something that a lot of normal everyday people are going to go on. Right.
0: And, and to that thing, like to, to that point, most, as a result, most people can let their imaginations run wild as to what's actually contained there. And we all know that Silk Road was used to buy drugs by lots of people. I know people who bought drugs on Silk Road.
1: Yeah. And there was also an urban legend behind that where the guy who created his name escapes me right now. Uh took money to hire, to have six people killed by Hitman, mm-hmm. which he did get arrested for, apparently, but he was acquitted, and they found none of that was true. Yeah. But the, yeah.
0: the idea that the dark web is used for some nefarious things is true and verifiable, and like you said, there's a lot of police, uh, well, policing of the dark web, even if it is the quote-unquote dark web. It's not that dark, and most national... And international police agencies have tasks for us that specifically deal with the trafficking of child pornography on the dark web. So,
1: yeah, and you know. it it's one of those things like um, darkfetishesnet.com, which is not a dark website. Yeah. And they had the whole case with the cannibal cop thing, but now they actually do use that website to arrest people who are planning to, to carry out killing people for sexual pleasure. And they've had some success at that.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. So do you have anything more to add before we
1: wrap it up? Not really. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun looking into this shit. The dark web is something that's very interesting. And like a lot of other people, I I've read those lists when I was younger and be like, Oh my God, that's true, that's so cool, blah, blah, blah. But um, honestly, it's just a lot of bullshit fun. The whole Blank Room Noodles thing... Is verified as being totally false but there's like a lot of story behind that shit and yeah. you know there's a lot of fun but you know take everything with a grain of salt of the stuff that you see on YouTube like infographics was one of the things that I stumbled upon that has a huge following and they get you know millions of hits per video but they post this stuff about the dark web that's complete fucking drivel. now yes there is a huge chance that if you go on the dark web, you'll get malware or you'll fucking get hacked, and some of your information can be stolen. And it is true that there are people who go on there and sell your information. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. That also happens just outside of the dark web. That's yeah, just what companies do. Yeah, and you know it's it it's not as nefarious as it's made out to be for the most part. There is nefarious parts, just like with everything else. But right. It's not as fucking deep, dark, and dank as everyone, you know, makes it out to be. But I do recommend, if you have a PC, I'm pretty sure they're only on PC still, the Welcome to the Game Part 1 and 2. The first one actually uses your mic, so if you do have a mic, use it. Um, They're fun games, and if you don't have a PC, you can always watch Mark play play them because he's funny and adorable. And that is our episode
0: so that's it for us tonight thank you guys so much for listening it's good to be back i've i've been on tour for the last two and a half weeks so
1: blame dick fatty
0: yeah it's my fault as per usual send but him your
1: angry dms yeah
0: or just your angry d but um yeah we're we're back until we're not i'll be <laughs> away again in i feel August. like so
1: many times over the last few months we're like we're back this time for reals this time no, no,
0: no i i stopped saying it because i know it's a lie but, yeah, follow us on Facebook. Give us a rate and review on iTunes if you can. Follow us on SoundCloud or Instagram or whatever. We're pretty nice people. so
1: Yeah, you can always email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll see you around, guys.
0: Later, Later nerds. nerds.